Good day, everyone. My name is Angel Dialwis. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access. Full details of our business management courses can be found in ultimateaccess.net. Hi, everyone. We've got Russell Rehan from Australia here today. And Russell, why don't you introduce yourself? And it is a very warm welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anju. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Russell Rehan. I currently working as the Chief Financial Officer for a uh, plasterboard manufacturing company called Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth uh, is a world leader in the uh, light construction industry. Uh, a main, main, our main products are plasterboard and associated accessories. Uh, I've been with the company for about uh, seven years and I've been working in the finance industry for the last uh, 18 uh, years. Um, so it's been long. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a brief introduction about me. Well, that's, that's quite interesting, Russell. And uh, today I want to just talk to you about currency exposure. Does your company, um, is your company exposed to currency fluctuations? Yeah, like uh, obviously the modern business environment, we are very much interdependent on each other. And like any other multinational, we do have a lot of uh, uh, foreign currency exposure. Um, uh, I wouldn't go into the deep financial details of it, uh, of it just to be confidential, but it is a lot. And uh, yeah, it, it is uh, it is something uh, in our radar all the times. Right. So if you can describe what your business does, so I think then we can get an understanding as to how, to what extent your company is exposed to this currency fluctuations. So we uh, mainly manufacture plasterboard. Plasterboard is a very common ingredient in lightweight construction industry. So it is mainly formulation of uh, ceilings, uh, walls, and so obviously the inner structure of the home. Uh, in relation to that, we do our where our foreign currency exposure happens is uh, importation of a lot of uh, specialized products that we import either from Europe or from America, England, as well as China. Uh, and uh, as a result of that, uh, obviously, a different market, different uh, market bands across with different volatility that we have to address and obviously mitigating those risks. So it, it is mainly relating to products that we import in relation to our uh, special product commodities. Right. So where does the manufacturing take place, Russell? For those products, it is around uh, Denmark, England, Germany, uh, USA, China, uh, and some parts of other Scandinavian countries. Okay. And uh, then, of course, you've got your clients, isn't it, in other parts of the world? Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Okay, so fair amount of exposure, I would say. Sure. And uh, can you tell us some of the hedging tools that you use? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so for to mitigate our currency exposure, 
there is a, obviously one obvious tool is to use hedging, and there are a couple of ways uh, uh, we can handle it. I, I would not disclose at this stage what are the specific options we use or mix we use, but as a, as an overall, I, I would I would I would like to mention so some of the strategy uh, one can pursue to mitigate those exposure. So uh, you can definitely hedge a portion of your forecasted cash flow uh, using FX force or options. Uh, so uh, just locking a fixed rate with a provider, uh, either a financial institution or uh, any other uh, provider. Uh, and fixing that rate at a future period that you can execute. So you are kind of uh, saying to the bank that I would like to purchase such and such or so and so amount of APEX currency at a future date at this rate. So what bank then usually does is uh, uh, they will uh, offer in that uh, like a, a range uh, to you and you can lock in uh, certain uh, uh, range or a specific rate at certain times in future, uh, and uh, uh, which we probably call, like which we call as an FX forwards or options. Um, so that's one way of mitigating the risk. Uh, uh, you can also uh, book a bulk amount each month and then utilize that for payments uh, during the uh, during the period. So ultimately. Uh, there is a multiple way you can uh, you can mitigate that risk, uh, fixing the rate and using that rate on a monthly basis, uh, either through FX forwards or options. Okay, thank you. Russell, do you use any technologies to help you manage this whole um, process? I think a lot of the times uh, businesses spend a lot of time exploring the hedging options and the tools uh, i don't necessarily agree with that strategy i think what is really important for hedging to be effective is the right forecast so for you to know that how much of a fx currency you need at certain point in time in future and actually assess and calculate that to the uh, to the uh, uh, best possible way you can never be uh, in, in terms of any forecast tools, you can never be 100% uh, right or accurate. Uh, that is the nature of uh, predicting future because you don't know what's going to happen in future. But uh, what you can do is based on the past history and trends or using last two to three years history that what happened in the past, you can probably guess and predict the future and the timing of foreign currency needs or requirements. Uh, in future. So that is, I think, the, the most important tool of hedging to be effective. Now, doing those uh, uh, forecasting can be uh, can be done uh, through a simple spreadsheet. That is always uh, 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 kind of an obvious choice for accountants or any, any banks. But uh, in, in our company, we do have some uh, business intelligence tool which we use. So that actually populates the historical data and also kind of through some regression and progression model predict the future that based on the last three years history, what is the requirements look like. So there's a smarter way and there like in, 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 in the modern days, uh, there are lots of providers uh, with lots of different tools and all of them are good. Uh, I, I don't think, as I said, it is not a, 
technology or tools issue. It is how you effectively and how um, intelligently you use those tools to your benefit uh, to predict the future. So that, that is the, um, the most important thing and the key thing of hedging to be effective. That sounds very interesting uh, perspective from your end, Russell. So that means plenty of scenario analysis. Am I correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, one of the, as, as finance is moving away from its traditional bookkeeping, accounting jobs, and I think in 20, 30 years time, there would be no huge amount of demand for typical debit credit or invoice processing or uh, number crunching or transactional uh, facilities because most of them will be either done through artificial intelligence or very smart kind of computer programming. So what accountants probably one of the key things that everyone is looking for in the modern business space is to equip them with the business knowledge that what is actually how to make customers happy, what are the things that drives your sales or services, whichever industry you are in, and understanding those uh, uh, behind the story sense. So, so analytics, uh, doing analysis, and understanding numbers and understanding um, behind the story sense is absolutely paramount. Uh, so analysis, absolutely, a uh, uh, lot of them on a regular basis, ad hoc analysis to do, uh, to understand and analyze different situations, perspectives, uh, predicting future uh, and with accuracy and reliability, uh, uh, very, very important. Right. So definitely what you're looking at is uh, business partnering skills to understand the business. Absolutely. So there's no, I think, a strategic partnership with the business, with the management, with each and every employee of the organization uh, in your capacity of whatever you, whatever role you're performing is absolutely important. I think uh, sending reports and uh, doing back office uh, behind the desk number crunching is no longer a, an expectation from the wider business. What people want from the accountants or, uh, or the finance team members these days is how can actually you help them uh, to make it a better decision? How can you influence them to kind of open up all the opportunities of the business and expose them uh, so they can actually understand and appreciate the value of data analytics and then uh, and then actually form that strategic partnership with you to to have a real impact uh, on improving the bottom line of the business i think uh, that is that is absolutely uh, paramount thank you now, I want to take you to another question, which I think most of our listeners will be quite interested to find out. When recruiting a new team member, what skill sets do you seek? I think in one word, I would say entrepreneurship. So uh, what I'm looking for, whether he or she has, how proactive uh, a candidate is. Um, so. Uh, rather than uh, uh, their managers or business telling them what the job is, what they actually make up, uh, make out of their job. So what are the value added, value creating uh, analytics or, uh, or uh, value creation role they want to perform, uh, how they can actually show up uh, uh, their uh, true potential uh, through different initiative, proactiveness, 
Uh, I think that is the, the most important thing in this uh, modern business environment. Uh, a candidate is actually uh, aspired to be. So that is um, that is one of the most important thing. And then obviously I look at technical skills, how good uh, their numerical as well as uh, analytical capability. Then uh, education that 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 also uh, plays a part. Uh, because I think the foundation has to be solid, and 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 the rest of it, how how that person uh, can actually uh, fit in with the rest of the team, uh, what cultural preference do they have, uh, what kind of expectations do, have, do they have, and all sort of things. So so uh, like a, also uh, Australia is a very uh, big country. Uh, obviously, commute is a big big important thing. So I will always make sure that. Uh, candidates don't spend a lot of time traveling to work and from work. So uh, we just want to make sure that they, they don't put more than a couple of hours a day of traveling to and from work. So that's also uh, one of the things I also kind of monitor these days. So yeah, those are the things I, I would look for. That takes us to our final question on mental well-being. What does this mean to you? I think it's very, very important uh, for an employee, either a finance employee or any employee in the organization, for his or her uh, to be perform the best and getting the best out potential out of them. We have to make make sure that uh, the mental well-being of the employees are ensured, either through uh, organizing a harmonious work culture environment, uh, providing all the staff amenities uh, that meant to be provided, uh, providing a work culture. Uh, that just not only values their uh, work pattern, uh, but also looks after their uh, personal life and making sure that there's a fine balance uh, of, of between work and uh, life. Those kind of things, I think that is, this uh, trace, I think uh, even these days, if you want to get good employees, they, their, their expectation is that at the organization they're going into or uh, uh, embarking in a journey for, uh, they have those characteristics. Uh, uh, they got those uh, in uh, modern working space, uh, uh, ensuring uh, mental well-being. So, uh, yeah, I, I, this is uh, this is uh, the empl- every employer uh, make sure that uh, there's no even uh, in the like a pay disparity between um, men and women. That's also very important. Uh, there's no uh, bullying culture. There's a fair work environment. Uh, the environment is congenial. Uh, uh, harmonious. Uh, people feel uh, very happy to come to work every morning, and they feel like uh, they're going to achieve. Uh, they're going to work to achieve their vision, uh, and that that this that feeling and uh, that work culture uh, needs to be embedded in in every organization. Thank you, Russell. That's great input from yourself and I'm sure the listeners will enjoy it. And also, I think uh, you brought in some key factors related to the technical aspects of foreign exchange, very importantly, well-being. Thank you again. We hope to have you back in one of our other sessions as well. Thank you, Anjo. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's nice to talk to you and let's do it again. I hope you found this session useful. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access and I'm your host, Andrew D'Alves. Thank you.